Narcissistic pastors. What's your thought that kind of goes through your mind when you hear that? You know, some people might be like, oh, like pastors aren't narcissistic at all. And some people are like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, I've been reading a book recently called When Narcissism Comes to Church, and it's about somebody who was in the church and who had dealings with the church and also in psychology and things like this that identified and saw a lot of narcissism in the church, a lot of narcissism in pastors that are leading congregations. So it's really interesting. I wanted to show you something in here. Okay. So in this book, he actually quotes from another book that's talking through some of the um, things that they've researched and kind of like gone through. In their helpful book, How to Treat a Staff Infection, Resolving Problems in Your Church or Ministry, Craig and and Carolyn Wilford identify six primary characteristics. So six primary characteristics of a narcissistic pastor. Okay, listen up. All decision-making centers on them. Impatience or a lack of ability to listen to others. Delegating without giving proper authority or with too many limits. Feelings of entitlement. Feeling threatened or intimidated by other talented staff. Needing to be the best and brightest in the room. While their list is quite helpful, I've identified four additional characteristics we'll explore as well. Inconsistency and impulsiveness, uh, praising and withdrawing, intimidation of others, and faux vulnerability. There's a lot of stuff in here that you might identify with or that you might have seen in your church, in the pastor that is there leading you and that is going through different things. So it's kind of interesting. So one of the things, one of the first things it says is all decision making centers on them. You know, if you have somebody who's leading a church, who's leading a body of believers, like one of the things that needs to be there is they're there to lead. They're there to show, but they're not there to dictate every single thing. You know, if you have someone that thinks that they're the sole authority, like, mm, that's not. That was Jesus. That was the Bible. And they need to understand, like, hey, like, it's all the believers working together for the right direction, for the right thing. And so moving to a place where, hey, they don't have to make all the decisions. Like, all the power doesn't have to go straight through them. But in some narcissistic situations and some narcissistic pastors, that's how it runs. It runs just a command structure of every single thing has to go through them. If it doesn't, then it's probably not worth their time or their energy. The number two one, impatience or lack of ability to listen to others. So this comes common with a lot of narcissism. And a lot of narcissism, they don't have the empathy. They don't have the connectiveness. And there is a decent amount of pastors out there that sound really good from the pulpit. But when you get down face to face with them, it's not like they really care. They have their own agenda. They have their own programs that they need to put out. They have their own things that's going on. And it's almost like you're sitting there talking to them, interacting, and you see kind of the wheels turning that they're like listening to respond, not listening to understand and not listening to hear. Uh, But that's one of the second ones. Now, the third one was delegating without giving proper authority or with too many limits. So like the idea of like, I want you to run this or I want you to be a part of this, but all decisions still have to go through me. Or, you know, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to do this, but, you know, you're going to be strapped with making these decisions or strapped with how this goes. So, like, the idea of, like, I want you to start off a program and, hey, I'm delegating, but in reality, it's not real delegation. It's not real, hey, this is your project. Here's, like, the general guidelines and you have the authority to run with it versus, like, controlling and manipulating the whole project, the whole program. 
Uh, number four, easy one for narcissism, is feeling of entitlement. There's a lot of examples of pastors that feel entitled to their parishioners' money or that feel entitled to certain things in the ministry that normally you'd look at from a business standpoint or from a friendship standpoint and be like, that's not really something that you're entitled to. Like you're here to be able to help and to lead and to guide other people, but that doesn't mean you're entitled to certain things more than other people. Just because you come and preach on Sunday and work with maybe the people throughout the week doesn't mean you're entitled to certain things. You're still there trying to serve and to lead others. That was the other one for number four. Okay. Number five, feeling threatened or intimidated by other talented staff. I've seen this firsthand in different churches where there's the idea of someone who comes on staff and is really you know, gregarious and touches a lot of folks and works with a lot of people and a lot of people gravitate to them or a lot of people gravitate to you know their listening ear or their compassion or their interaction, whatever it might be. And you see other leaders, you see other pastors in that whole congregation that kind of like start to push them to the side. Of like, hey, like I'm feeling threatened by how well people like you. I, I'm feeling threatened by how well you connect with others. I'm feeling threatened, so I'm going to kind of push you to the side. There's definitely a lot of stories of people that have been brought up in churches and been like, hey, I want to do ministry, and they get involved in ministry, and then all of a sudden they're kind of sidelined because how effective they were. There's a lot of people who have left ministry, who have left the church because they were effective at being a good teacher or a good preacher, but they got sidelined because the pastor didn't like that. That was number five. Number six, needing to be the best and the brightest in the room. Matches up with narcissism, doesn't it? So with that, you have a pastor that you know can't take constructive criticism or can't take another person in the room that might be smarter in a different aspect. But no, like it's it's their program, it's their thoughts, it's their ideas that have to be fulfilled, that have to be brought to fruition, like the whole way through, and it has to be that way. And you'll see that a lot of times in a lot of bigger churches where they get that mindset and that mentality of, hey, I'm the best person here. I'm the one that's leading this church. And they don't really take time to be able to engage with others and be able to get other people's opinion. So then there is four additional things that the author of this book, again, the author of this book is um, Chuck DeGroat, which when narcissism comes to church. Okay. Uh, the other four things that they, he puts in here is inconsistency and impulsiveness. So this is like a big aspect in a lot of churches that are very like program driven and are not people centric. They're like, hey, there's a program. We need to have this. Let's put it out right now. And sometimes you'll see the pastors put a huge pressure on parishioners, on deacons, on you know the, the AV team to try to put something together like last minute that's inconveniencing like their life or their job or whatever it might be. But that impulsiveness of like, hey, I have to have it now. It's got to be now. That entitlement of like, hey, this is what I need right away happens a lot in a lot of churches out there. Uh, the idea of praising and withdrawing. So the second additional one that's on here. And you see this through narcissism with love bombing and devaluing. But you also see it in churches. You see it in uh, pastoral meetings. You see it in deacon councils. Like You see it with pastors where they'll praise and withdraw from different people to be able to get what they want. 
That might be because they're jealous, like we talked about before. That might be because they're insecure. That might be because there's something that they see there that they didn't like. So maybe the other person gave an opinion that was against the pastors. Maybe the other person gave a thought that didn't line up with what the pastor wanted to do. So, you know, we're going to withdraw a little bit. Maybe we're going to give a little bit of the silent treatment. It happens. Uh, intimidation, um, intimidation of others is the number three. So with this intimidating other people, again, that could go back to people that they're jealous of, they're insecure of, anything like that. But the intimidation of other people is that manipulation aspect to be able to get what they want. Okay. And then the last one that's on here is, um, faux vulnerability. So like fake vulnerability. So like the idea of being vulnerable, but that vulnerability is in the past. It's not something that's present. It's not something that's saying like, Hey, I still struggle with things, but it's like, I used to struggle with this. It gives the idea of being superior, of being better, of having arrived at that Christian high plane of, Hey, this is who I am. This is how good I am. And this is stuff I used to struggle with. You can be better too that kind of a thing. Anyways, uh, I hope you like that. I don't know if you did or not, but maybe this is something that you identify with in the church that you're going to. This isn't something that I identify with with the current church I'm at um, or in the pastors that I interact with on on a weekly basis, but you might be in a church that this is something that's happening. Like you're seeing it. You're seeing it on stage. You're seeing it when they interact with other people. You're seeing it in uh, the different meetings and things like they have of like, wait, like this person appears different on stage versus in person versus in a meeting. And you start to realize like, hey, there might be strains of like narcissism coming out in this person and how they lead, how they interact and how they don't engage on a spiritual level all the time or how they don't engage on a personal level or an emotional level or an empathetic level. So be interesting. Um, if you're if you're interested in learning more about it, definitely check out the book When Narcissism Comes to Church by Chuck DeGroat. Uh, I'm considering doing some other videos about narcissism in the church, about narcissism in Christianity and narcissism with pastors. And if you're interested in hearing more about that, just leave a comment below just so I can be able to hear and get some feedback from you guys of what you guys are interested in learning more about. Uh, if you're going through stuff with a narcissist and you want to chat more and you want to talk one-on-one, go to my website, Raw Motivation com would love to interact with you, sit down, help you find closure, work through a trauma bond, and ultimately find a place where you can have awareness, growth, healing, and change. That's why I'm on this platform, and I'd love to help you do that on a day-to-day basis. Thanks. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed these episodes. I love interacting with different people. If you're interested, reach out to me sometime through my website, Raw Motivations. Would love to interact with you. Either send us a message there, uh, schedule one-on-one so I can talk to you and try to work with you through whatever whatever you're going through on life. You know, Whether that's a relationship, uh, narcissism, uh, whether that's just life trying to get from one step to the other and trying to figure out how do I break out of this mind fog of what's going on. Would love to talk to you more. We'd love to see you guys reach out and comment and like on different things. We've got Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We'd love to see interactions there. And as you're listening to this, like go ahead and rate us. Give us a couple of ratings just to help promote this message to other people so other people can have positivity in their lives as we're trying to grow, change, and help other people find that awareness as well.